Hello and welcome back Chelsea fans to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else but the usual suspects of our shit talking Arsenal they got the upper hand on us this past week uh this week I'm uh I'm joined with just Andreas today Andreas how are you doing right now it's, I know it's been a rough rough weekend <laughs> well I haven't I feel like I haven't recorded since pre-Christmas. Christmas was good, yeah. but that jewel was quickly stolen away from me Boxing Day, and I'm still trying to find my way back to to being happy when I watch football right now. Yeah, it looks like uh, we've got some room before we get to that point, but <laughs> ju- ju- judging off our recent run of form, not the 18-match windless streak that we I totally for- that everyone forgot about. But hundred uh, percent about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Zach is not going to be joining us today. Um, he had a loss in the family. Uh, his grandfather passed. Uh, they found out after he passed that it was due to COVID. Um, so, um, everyone, I hope you, sh- you if you could send your thoughts to Zach as some prayers. He could use it right now. Um, you know, it's it's still a serious thing going on right now. I mean, you could take a look at the Man City match that was that was scheduled to play right after uh, Chelsea's match today, or was that yesterday? I, I don't know. Everything is a blur. But you know <laughs> that that game got postponed because of COVID outbreak there. So I mean, it's just it's so easy, honestly, to to just slip up and you know like not think, and you know just it's just goes to show like even professional athletes who you know have their paychecks on the line every day like and you know it's it's even for these guys it's hard for them to stay safe but we hope that you guys do um anyway let's get back into chelsea um do we have to (laughs) (laughs) before that i just want to add that hopefully the city uh, postponement lasts another match because we're slated to play against them next week or this this next weekend. Uh, so if if that doesn't happen, uh, then that would be a nice break for us. But if the match does happen, then we're going to be playing a fully rested Man City squad. Uh, so that should be great for our confidence and uh, next week's episode. Uh, but let's talk about let me go through the lineups real quick um arsenal the the 3-1 depressing depressing defeat that i honestly going into the match just had a bad feeling about but what you know that's that these relegation sites they can be scrappy you know so <laughs> it's just any given sunday i think that's what they say in uh american football but uh the starting lineup, Mendy in goal, Reese James, Zuma, Thiago, Chilwell, and back line. Midfield of Conte, Kovacic, Mount, and a front three of Pulisic, Abraham, and Werner. And um, in the Villa match, we saw a different back line. Aspie, Christensen, Rudiger, and uh, Chilwell as at left back. He was the only person uh, who started both matches. Then a midfield of Jorginho, Conte, and Mount, and a front three of Cho, Giroud, and Pulisic. So let's just start off overall topic. Uh, we're we're playing down to our opponents at this moment. This is these are teams that we should be beating, 
And I mean, like you just don't see the confidence from from our side. I mean, more for more than a five minute stretch, Andreas. What 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 do you think's going on right here in this uh in this cold spell? Yeah, I I'm not sure exactly what the root of the problem is. It's it's a little worrying, specifically to start with the Arsenal match. That even though it's one of those things where. Arsenal, even though they're in 15th place, it's a London derby. It's a rivalry. And and you see their lineup, and their lineup does not bring fear. It shouldn't, at least. Should no, it's bring like a B-plus squad. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Europa League squad that they brought out. So as a Chelsea player, you should come out kind of licking your lips like ready to kill. This should have been a game that every person had circled in their calendar. And it just felt like not a single player out there was was up for it. From the very, very, very beginning, maybe I'm exaggerating with every single player, but a majority of the players were not up for it. I also was very surprised to see Reese James and Chilwell play both Chilwell playing both games after the fact that he was pulled early with an ankle injury and Reese was rumored to have to get a knee surgery due to that injury. Yeah. So I I feel like it's a mix of fatigue, a mix of knacks that that pl- players are pushing through, and then yeah, they just there's a lack of motivation right now, or at least mo- maybe a mix of motivation and confidence in this side that is is troubling. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of it also is players playing out of position to an extent, and I, and we're gonna have the the Frank talk a little bit later. Um, don't worry, we're not we're not Lampard out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, but uh, it, it's uh, it's it's a bit concerning, you know, to see at halftime the 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 subs that are made. I mean, Cho coming in, it was great to see him come on uh, for Werner. Because Werner, I mean, just completely looked exactly the same he's looked the last couple of matches, the last ten matches. I think he's he's gone ten or eleven matches without scoring now. Um, yeah, which is pro- probably a personal long for him in quite some time, and uh, just just did not look up for it at halftime. I mean, uh, in that first half, took him off at halftime for Cho, which I thought was a great switch, but then. Jorginho for Kovacic, that made me like absolutely livid. I'm being I'm being yeah. completely honest. Like when you have Thiago Silva out there, I think Jorginho serves zero purpose. Like completely. Like Jorginho is a one-dimensional player. Let's be honest here. You know he's not going to give you a great you know shift out there on the defensive end. If the, his his most like his best skill on defense is like doing a smart tactical foul, and that's just because he gets beat otherwise. Every <laughs> and, time. Uh, yeah, and on offense, you know, he's slow. He's he's not he's not the best long ball passer. Obviously, he does the short balls. He's a metronome. That's that's his one strength. But mm-hmm. I think with when you have Thiago Silva back there, he can provide that exact same role. So putting Jorginho out there. First of all, is redundant. Second of all, you're pushing 
and Golo Conte out of position. Now he's playing up in a eight position when he should be the six. So not right. only is it like just it doesn't make sense as far as what 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 he would provide that we didn't already have on the pitch, and why it would it's necessary to do that at the expense of having Golo Conte play out of his out of position. I mean, he 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 really did look sloppy in the first half. So you know, don't get me wrong on that. Like maybe that had to do something with his decision, but I don't know. It's just it. I don't want, I don't want to go on a huge anti-Jorginho rant, but, but from what point, yeah, he's a square peg in a round hole. Like we are not playing in a way where we're trying to beat a, a team by slowly, methodically waiting for a gap to create through Jorginho's passing. Those days are long gone. And, and you hit the nail on the head. Thiago Silva is already commanding this team into move here, come here, pass me the ball back, reset. He's, regardless of his level of English, the man is already commanding this team when it comes to organization and getting players in the right places. Now, Conte was not good in the first half, but if you're going to move, if you're going to bring Jorginho in to play at the base, and, and you're moving Conte wide, that's just opening yourself up. Not that they took advantage of it, because at this point, Arsenal was pretty much done. They didn't really create much more later. But you're putting the guy that protects your your back line. Again, we, we send a lot of bodies forward the way we play. So Conte's job is to stay central and prevent a counter. That's That's his main job. You move him out slightly off center to an eight, where he's now further forward. He's now going to get caught in that same attack. And Jorginho is slow as molasses. People literally jog around him. No skill necessary to get around Jorginho. So it's just, again, you're accommodating for one player, but then you're giving the team a a larger hurdle to jump. And and this is just, we're, we're focusing right now on the Jorginho part of it. it. It goes, this issue goes more and more and then we can get to it later but Jorginho specifically does he add anything even Tiago out of the of the picture is he really adding that much because we can talk about him today against Aston Villa and <laughs> I thought I, I thought I thought he would with the starting lineup but after half I was just like through with him to be completely honest and and just just so everyone listening knows that this is all fair criticism of Jorginho. We've been talking about him for three to four minutes, and we haven't even brought up the penalty that he missed. Uh, so it, it, like <laughs> right. that was that was just the you know the nail the nail in the coffin as far as like you know how I felt about him. But you know, like I I don't know. I mean, do you, it, was that the last penalty? Because like, I know I know that at this time Timo was off. Um, Tammy was still on, right? At this time? Yes. Yeah, he just yeah, he just scored right before that. Right. Like, oh that that should have been Tammy. I I haven't thought about that until just right now, but again, hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty. But right. Tammy just got the the goal right before that. Like, he's already feeling himself. <sighs> that, and, and we've been over this before. Strikers yeah. are paid to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And and Jorginho, if you told me that we've been earning penalties semi-consistently and he's been taking them all season, he hasn't been on. Timo took like the last two or three 
and because because and, he the last penalty that Jorginho took he missed. Yeah, so now he's I missed multiple so. in the same season. I, I mean, you've, you've got to pull the plug now. Let him take one if we make it into a shootout <laughs> or something. But we had just scored. Momentum was on our way. And then he just killed it all completely. Because, again, the, and, and now I'm getting into a, a new topic here, moving out of Jorginho and talking about Arsenal. Arsenal was there for the taking. They did not do enough I, I i they didn't do enough for me to say wow they were they showed up they shut me up they scored a penalty off of a dumb reese james mistake against kieran tyranny that he didn't even yeah. argue right i mean yeah reese james knew he got beat and he made something mistake well he did, he had an off game but then Xhaka hits the one free kick that he's gonna hit for the next five years in the perfect spot off of a stupid N'Golo Kante mistake because it was stupid. There was no need to foul somebody right outside the box there. And, and Xhaka made the best of it. And then the third goal was Zaka getting lucky on a mishit cross that was curling away from the net. And Mendy was like, yeah, that's not going in. And surely enough, the ball goes in because it was that sort of day. But, I mean, the reaction on his face tells you everything. I don't know if you saw that yeah. picture, but there was like a picture of his face right as it hit that back post. But I mean, that's just it was it was not good. But we get that goal, and and one thing that Chelsea's consistent with is that after we score, we light up. I mean, we created the penalty right afterwards, so it was a. I believe we get we're given four to five minutes. You get that goal, it's 3-2. to two. Arsenal is now literally defending <laughs> for their lives, scared if that's a situation. And who knows? Maybe we maybe we rescue a point. But Jorginho missing that penalty was basically the dagger that, that sealed a very, very disappointing match. Um, I mentioned Reese James not looking up for it. Maybe the knee was still bothering him. Conte... Man, I honestly don't know what happened to him in that game. He was not very good. But the one highlight that I do excited, we've been we've been on a negative trend a little too long. I do want to point out how different the team looks when Pulisic and Cho are on the pitch together. Mm-hmm. I I mean <laughs> crazy, right? That two guys that actually play winger make this team better when there's when they're both on the pitch in their respective side, like who would have thought who would have thought that a right winger and a left winger playing where they should be would benefit a team. I don't know. I feel like you've said that like once or twice on the podcast before. Maybe, maybe. So, so I'll give you a little bit of credit. Uh, But yeah, I mean that, that has been our issue the past, you know, in this, in this rough patch of games. Well, it's, it's four matches in a row without a win. Um, I mean, we haven't had a winger. We haven't. I'm mean, sorry, we haven't had two wingers, uh, at the same time until the last two. <laughs> but yeah. no, uh, and, and I know you said four matches that a win. We got the West Ham oh. in the middle of it all, but that, <laughs> it's hard to remember the good line, times. <laughs> that scoreline was very deceiving, and it was right. a very short-lived kind of breathe-out moment to relax because then this weekend happened, but. But yeah, you have we, – we, I sound like a broken record, but Pulisic, the moment he gets the ball, 
he knows exactly what he wants to do. You get Cho, he slows it down just enough to pull a defender in, and then he's beating him down the wings. Mm-hmm. The the chemistry even, the fullbacks even play better when the two wingers are there. Aspie, who hasn't played in forever, looked pretty decent going forward with yeah. Cho in front of him. Yeah. It's, it's just like those guys know how to open up space for the fullbacks to also succeed, and you have to be in that position – and know that position to know how to work that space for the fullback that's making the overlapping run. It's 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 great. And 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 to Cho's credit, he's been very patient to get this result. And I think it's it's been a long time coming because I personally think that Cho has been dropping at least a seven out of ten performance since way back in, in early November in the Champions League games that he was getting a run in. Yeah. But he just would not get the nod for Premier League. And I mean, obviously, I w- I'm, I'm I'm hoping that Hakeem Ziyech comes back sooner. The you know, like the sooner the better. But I am also intrigued to see Cho get you know more run out there uh, on the wing and possibly. I mean, then what? I, see, this is the only issue. If we play Pulisic and Cho, or Pulisic and Ziyech, it's going to be only one of Timo, Giroud, and Tammy. And, I mean, this is this is not my job, obviously, this is Frank's, but it's hard to, it's hard to know when to use one of the three. I mean, like, yeah. what, what, what do you, like, how, how do you make that decision of which one to use? If, 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 if we're going to be running this fourth, you know, Four three three rotation uh, formation, yeah. you know, unless we switch over to the four four two, which we could talk about, you know, if you want to also. But uh, I mean, like, how how do you make that decision of who out Man, of the three you start? I, so so first off, with the wingers, I think one thing that we keep talking about with Pulisic, and I, I'm gonna, I promise this is gonna relate back to your question. Pulisic has to play on the left, and Ziyech being left footed, he has to play on the right. But the thing with Cho is that I think he's almost equally talented on both sides of it. Right. I think Super on the right side, he can be more of a playmaker. And on the left side, he's more of a direct threat. And I think at this point, we need to be comfortable. And our coaching staff needs to be comfortable in the fact that Cho should be second option all the time. Above your Timo, above Mason Mount, above even Kai Havertz. To both wings. Now, mm-hmm. when talking about the striker situation, I, I really think it's going to come down to form mostly. You know, if a striker's hot, you have to keep playing him. Strikers get hot, they can score with their eyes closed, which unfortunately for us, it doesn't seem like a, a thing right now. Um, I, I think every striker so far, both Tammy and Giroud, have been up and down recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're asking, for example, Man City, who is going to be trying to possess and get into our half, Liverpool, same thing, a very high line. Hell, even Southampton, who presses with their full team, leads. That's when you want a Timo primarily and perhaps a Tammy secondarily, a guy that can can break the lines and then have the heads-up play to make the run in behind the moment we regain possession. Now, when we play these relegation sides, the West Broms, the Fulhams, the... The Arsenals. 
the arsenals, <laughs> the crystal palaces that are going to sit deep and invite the pressure, that's when you can rely. Again, it's a mix of either Tamir and Giroud. Depends on the schedule of that. But on the big body that can be a target man on crosses, but also in the buildup. Somebody that can hold off that defense and have the, the wingers play off of him. So I really think that, again, with a very tight schedule – and even within the Premier League, there's that variety of, of tactic, defensive tactics from the opposition. There's going to be chances for both of them. Mind you, we're still in the FA Cup. We are still in the Champions League. And uh, again, we are just about, we haven't even finished the first half of our season. Mm-hmm. So there's still plenty of matches to go around. And... I don't think game time is going to be an issue. I mean, all the managers are begging for, not all the managers, our manager has been begging for five subs for a reason. And that's (laughs) because he has to think of of minutes. He has to think of these players' uh, energy levels and and fatigue and potential injuries. By the way, we are more than halfway through the season. We're 16 matches in. We need to get to 19 matches, I believe. Isn't there 20? There's 28. Oh, 38 matches. 38. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <my math laughs> I was about to say, so we haven't off. even played everybody once oh, yet. Oh, all right. Everyone yeah. forget I just said that. My math, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lawyer, not a mathematician. Yeah, leave the math to, to the engineer of the group. Okay, go ahead. Please continue. <laughs> no, but but yeah, the, the, there's plenty of games going through. So yes, we have three great keep uh, forwards. We talked about this before. That's a good problem to have. And... I mean, we got a little bit of a glimpse today of, of Werner playing in the middle. Not that he was able to do much, and I don't think it's on him, but at least he was in the right areas moving people around. I felt that, no, he didn't get the goal, and, and yes, he missed that one chance that he, he hit over the goal, but I at least felt that he was more comfortable centrally. So, barring his confidence being completely shot right now, you have three different players that give you offer you different things in the pitch playing centrally it's 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 very likely the case that his confidence is shot right now andreas <laughs> i think that's a i think that's a hundred percent actually because i mean <laughs> but you know that shot today you're talking about i mean I, I i thought that from the moment he hit it i was like that's it his his uh his cold streak is done that's in but Oh. How about that Chilwell chance at the end? Oh. oh my goodness. He he thought it was in. I thought it was in. I mean the the <laughs> contact that that so so we're we're talking about a cross coming in, long cross, mm-hmm. no bounce. Chilwell is no way wide. Way wide. And he is I, I wanna say inches, man, because he almost hit the post on the outside of it. That ball travels, just maybe spins a little harder. He wins goal of the season outside of Chelsea. I mean, Premier League goal of the season because... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a banger game winner at the buzzer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and it would have been a good way to cap off a good weekend for him individually. I mean, he had the assist in that same match when, when nothing was going our way. A beautiful front post cross to that finds... well. Finds Giroud, but Giroud also dove to get there. One of those things. Where we'll, we'll split. Yeah, the it was. It wasn't your typical Giroud run. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, yeah and, got there. Uh, 
I thought that he was one of the few players that looked good against Arsenal as well. Chilwell, we, we've been discussed this multiple times. You mentioned that Chilwell was going to be the most important signing of the season. And, and right now, I mean, you're getting your money's worth, Sam, because he's, he's been fantastic. And hopefully the ankle is was just a, a moment of scare and it was just a inflammation situation there because when he's starting, I feel a lot better about that left side. And obviously the way that Frank's been playing recently, it's getting the best out of him and Reese James. But um, I think that's starting to become an issue. Um, it's, it's a pretty one dimensional play style. Break, you know, just, you know, be, it, it, I must admit very beautiful build up play to get the ball, you know, into the channels, into the, you know, the, the wing, uh, of the opposing side and it's just spam but it's just spamming crosses over and over again into the box um and i mean like i i want to say that it's 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 it worked for a good portion of the season so it's not you know a bad strategy and then you always also have taken into account how our most creative player in hakeem ziesh has been out for quite some time so we've looked pretty stale, but I mean, we just gotta get stuff going down the middle as well. Um, I think I think uh, Kovacic could help in that department a lot. I mean, what do you think about that, Andreas? Yeah, I, at this point, I think it's it's a mix of, of of two things. You're right, right. It was working early on, and I think that made Lampard just lean into it even more because I think there was at times today where I felt Cho had the chance to be direct from the right side and just take it himself into the box, take a guy one-on-one and and create a shot. But instead, he almost slowed down the ball just to get Aspilicueta involved. And, And I think it's getting to the point where the coaches are asking for that to be the tactic. And right now, when we have all these rotations happening and, and we haven't due to the, the, the match con- conge- congestion in the schedule. You don't have constipation. The, yeah, I couldn't get the word out. Uh, your typical, you don't have a, a synergy of an 11 because they keep rotating. So the guys that are barely getting minutes that are now getting to play are going to follow the instructions to a T. So they're not going to let their personality shine through a little bit. You're, you're talking about, you know, our, our fullbacks being super key and they have been great, but our midfielders mount can can get the ball in and, and shoot from outside if needed. He could himself come by. He just can't do it with his left foot. It, right. <laughs> but but even today, the other thing I noticed, you talk about not playing centrally. Timo was checking into the ball. There was times where I was like, he's wide open right there. Why aren't we passing in the ball? Conte had the direct pass to go to Timo, but instead, you just see the passes go immediately outside. And the ball does not come in until we're in that final third. The the other thing that I could say is at least change the variety of how the cross comes in. Maybe instead, Chilwell, Reese James, Cho, Pulisic, instead of just whipping it in, maybe get to the byline. Get all the way to the very back and then do those kind of trademark Man City across the goal low. Like you're not expecting a guy to jump up and beat three other defenders in the air. And just get a tap in. Mm-hmm. Just 
add a little bit of variety. And and I don't think that's that's too big of an ask. It's not a, a radical change to how we play. It's just a matter of of just watching the tape and and seeing it, I, or or just being aware that if Polisic puts his head down, he may have to drift wide, and you're gonna have to make a run centrally to either mm-hmm. give him an option backwards or give him an option in the middle because otherwise we are shoehorning ourselves to just cross and cross our fingers that the ball finds ahead. And I'm I talked about this last time I was on. I missed the last episode, right? Yeah, um, two episodes ago, uh, when we talked about Pulisic, and um, he he does do a lot of dribbling, um, maybe a little too much, and you know, I I think he is very very talented in taking on defenders one on one, but. It, there, there's a lot. There were a lot of possessions, and I, and you know I don't actually blame him for doing this because of you know it, it wasn't working any other way, but he gets the ball and he just tries to will himself into the box and tries to get a shot off, um, you know not really looking to make the pass, which you know is, is not is not completely fair for me to say because he did like make the layoff pass to uh Chilwell today. Mm-hmm. Like the hockey got the hockey assist pretty much. Um but I don't I don't know. I mean what, what do you think of that critic like that criticism? No, that... I think I think it's fair at times, but then there's other times where he starts the dribble and it feels a bit of of at times when Chelsea would just stare at Hazard and wait for Hazard to do something. There, there's times where Pulisic will start his dribbling and then he's the only blue shirt on screen. Nobody's mm-hmm. making that run to, to be an outlet. They're just like, he's gone. Now let's see what happens. And Or they react too late. By now, and, and again, this goes back to that starting 11 synergy I'm talking about. Pulisic is finally getting a, a, a run of games without an injury knock on wood. But the fact that it's been a few run of games now, like you said, where he either he starts dribbling and sometimes it feels like he needs to pass. Well, now nobody's there to, to, to receive it because they're not making those runs. So, again, the, the blame can be shared at that point because then Blizzard can look up, not see anybody around him, and think, okay, I need to keep going. I need to keep dribbling on my own. But I, I just think Blizzard needs one goal and and then the dribbling and, the, and all that will kind of come to him because – Timo's not the only one in a drought. I can't remember the last time Pulisic scored for us. And, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. a little bit on the back of his mind. You know, he's wearing the number 10 jersey. Yeah. Again, he's getting a run of games. It, it, I just need. I just think this team needs to have one explosive offensive game where, where it doesn't come down to individual brilliance, but perhaps a good team performance where – where Frank and the coaching staff can get the tape of the correct movements and the correct decisions to say, this is what we need to do, guys. This is the 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 goal. This is how we get back to top four. See, and I think I've never really thought of it that way, that he's trying to get his own confidence up, and I think that's fair. Um, I just I – just, uh, I'd like to see a little bit more help from everyone else 
because uh, you know he does he does bring a lot to these matches. But let, let, let's talk about our defense. I wanted to say something else, but I totally forgot what I was gonna say. But You're good. oh, um, I oh, and I, I do remember Kai Havertz. Um, he he didn't start either matches. Came on in the seventy fifth around the seventy fifth minute in both matches. Uh, I mean, he, he never he didn't really. I know it's a small sample size, but he didn't really leave an impact in either uh, appearances. I thought. I mean, the, did you did you see anything that I might have missed? Well, I thought today when he came on the pitch, he. I mentioned it to you. We texted about it that the first minute or so he was on the pitch, he already looked tired, and I was just like, "What in the world?" He he just felt sluggish. I don't think he did anything in the Arsenal match, but I thought today he grew into his performance. I thought that he showed me fight on defense that I hadn't seen. He was, you know, 50-50 balls in the air. He was winning. He was making tackles at the end of the game inside of our own box. And then he was also making quicker decisions up front. But it's still same thing. I, 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 hope, I hope Lampard plays Werner, Kai Havertz, all against this Morecam, the, the shrimp team that we're playing in the FA Cup. I'm I'm blanking out because these guys just need to unleash <laughs> hell. When you say the game. shrimp team, you literally mean that their logo is the shrimp, right? Yeah, or like their nickname. Correct, correct. They are not <laughs> just short people. I am not a, a height elitist by any means. I literally mean I think they're called Morecam, but yeah, that they 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 we need to just the guys that are struggling. That yeah, are supposed to be making a big so. impact need to start that game and again let the open the floodgates, open Pandora's box, whatever metaphor fits your way of thinking that means shit's about to go down. That's what we need from those three guys so that they can just <laughs> get out of their own head and start doing what they get paid the big bucks to do. You mentioned the lack of creativity from our team. We paid Kai Havertz. Yes, he's 20 years old, and adapting to a new league at that age is difficult and all that, but we paid him the big bucks. It's time for him to to be Kai Havertz. Yes, you have certain coaching instructions, but dude, be you. Be the guy that gets in the box and scores or the guy that finds that pass. Like, We need our players to start doing that too. And and I think they're just all in their heads right now because we're in this rut of, of poor form. Uh, yeah, and think think of what it would do to our confidence if all those guys started in that match and they ended up losing it. <laughs> but, all right, all right. But, uh, I mean, if we if we lose to a team like Arsenal, can <laughs> can I just say this one thing? Because we have been mildly tame about that whole match, but I I like I was absolutely like I thought it was a disgrace to be completely honest the way that we played. Yeah. To lose to a side like that, having the season that they've been having with the team that they fielded um, versus the team that we fielded, it was abs- It was just utterly embarrassing. Um, I have it was to say their that. first I know there's, <laughs> I know there's, victory there's pe- since November. Oh, my God. I know they, almost went, they almost went a full December without a win, and we had to fuck, yeah. up, fuck that up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people listening who – think that we're going a little too soft and you know we don't 
no, not, no, no. We don't the, realize the the, the rivalry between them. Match. Like I need, yeah. like to to clarify, you almost missed the that comeback. Is the first time I've turned off a, a match before the ninety in a long time. Like this, I is, wish this was it. as bad as the the Watford game with under Conte. Like this was bad. Like this was this match against Arsenal is gonna be in my head. Up there with the six-one or six-nil loss to Man City under Conte, the 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 Bournemouth matches where we keep kept losing to Bournemouth the past couple of seasons, the Watford match again again with Conte, like this was a last year. bad match, mm-hmm. and it hurts even more because it was against this current Arsenal side, not just Arsenal period, just the the same side that days before Sam Allardyce was saying is truly a team that's fighting relegation just smacked us around and if we smacked them around like they i think Mikel Arteta likely could have been sacked i don't yeah. know he saved mean, his job to be completely honest yeah uh but anyway back to Kai Havertz um i i, I I just think that he's being way too passive um, mm-hmm. and very, very indirect. And you did, you mentioned this a couple weeks ago that you weren't sure whether it had to do with Frank's instructions to him and him trying to get accommodated to what he's being asked to do. Cause I do see him, you know, taking the ball back a little bit, passing it sideways, passing it backwards. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like that's not the type of player that he was uh, in the Bundesliga. He was, yeah. you know, you think you think of like these dominant players in, in any any league when they're on the ball, they're they're gonna they're gonna try to be direct and go for goal. And I didn't see you know any off the ball runs that were very convincing, any on the ball, anything on the ball. So. I'm gonna withhold. I'm gonna withhold judgment on him uh, until the end of the season. To, to be completely mm-hmm. honest, like I, 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 he can go another ten matches playing like this, and I still won't give up. Like we still need to see the whole season, uh, plus more. You know, I mean, he's 20 years old, and I'd like to right. see how he becomes accommodated. Uh, and we we've given Frank credit in the past for making the adjustments that weren't working. Uh. <laughs> he's been again he's been and, and delta he's been delta a you know, very tough hand with all these injuries <laughs> no and, and and we talked about how you know this run of bad games made us forget about an 18 man 18 match unbeaten streak this season we're not even halfway but it's felt really long at the beginning of the season when, when we were being awful in the 4-2-3-1 like it was just not clicking the one thing that made sense was kai havers at the 10 like I, I want to bring us back to the beginning of the season. He looked good at the ten. He did. It's just that nothing else around him was working. So it's just one of those things where right now our defense seems to be fixed. You know, Keppa is out of the picture. The the back line knows how to work well together. Conte has found his positioning in front of them. Maybe, just maybe. We can give the four-two-three-one a shot again, but instead of forcing Jorginho next to Conte, maybe you give Mount a shot. I, I that that still hasn't been done. I I don't get Frank's reservation, which is why I never thought the four-two-three-one would work early on because you have to have Mason Mount in there right now. 
He's been unbelievable uh, this season. But something, like you said, something's got to be adjusted and, and changed. Because at the end of the Wait, day, you're saying give a, it. You're saying give Mason Mount a shot at what? At the double pivot next to Conte. Uh huh. So that you can then bring maybe you, you instead of forcing Kai Havertz to be somebody else, you let him be Kai Havertz, and yeah. still have Pulisic and Cho at the wings, and you can still have Giroud, Tammy, Werner all at striker doing the usual thing. The only difference is that. Maybe you ask Mason Mount to do a little bit more defensive work. You're not asking him to sit back and be a six. That's wasting Mason Mount. But maybe he just covers. What for... about the four four two? I mean, we. I think you know. Obviously, it's it, it's a little bit more narrow. But with the fullbacks that we have, I think we have the perfect the the perfect team to run a four four two four four two rotation. So, so you're saying a four four two, like a diamond. flat four four two, or or more of like a diamond? Midfield? Yeah, the diamond, like with the uh, with uh like one one cam, two center mids, and one CDM. Got it. And then two. Strikers. I say, run it if we have another injury at the wings, because I I know that Kai Howard can be at the ten, and you can put Timo and Abraham or. Abraham, because you don't want to put both Abraham and, and Giroud unless we're really struggling for a goal and we want to spam crosses. But at that point, yes, you can play Pulisic at the 10, but then he won't have as many 1v1 dribbling chances. So I think that maybe we have three matches in the span of eight days and we play the tough match with wingers the first match. So maybe we now switch over to the 4-4-2 midweek to rest the wingers. Because whatever injury situation we may currently be in in this scenario, and and hell, that gives time and, and and space for even someone like Gilmore to get a run in at the at the eight spots. And so yeah, I'm a four four two diamond works well because of our bombing fullbacks. Those guys get up, they provide width, and maybe this would help us create a little bit more centrally. Because we're not overloading those spaces where the fullbacks go wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's worth seeing how it works, but I think that is the one uh, disadvantage is our inability to play our wingers with Pulisic and Ziesh being probably our two most creative uh, goal threats just individually. Um, so... I don't know. I think it'll be something to see midweek, yeah, like you said. Yeah. Before we... Uh, before we talk about Frank, let's just talk real quick about this back line today. <laughs> um, so, like I mentioned earlier, Christensen and Rudiger, um, that first goal, or their only goal, um, Christensen comes up uh, way, way off his line to challenge. Uh, it was, uh, who was it again? Grealish. It was, uh, Jack Grealish, and he, uh, you know, Got it was a collision. It's so funny how they're calling for a foul, uh, but uh, he, you know, was that uh, there was we had no center back. Uh, cross comes in. Conte kind of misses Mark a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought on uh, who was that? Uh, uh, El, El Ghazi. Ghazi. Yeah. So you know, th- I mean, obviously, 
I don't know if he was even aware that Christensen was down, um, but you know that that's just he was down for a while. By the way, like that the the play kept going for a solid ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you know the quotes from uh, JT after the match. Uh, he he kind of threw a little bit of shade at Christensen. You know, he was asked about what happened. He said that Christensen should have just gone up. You know, toughen up a little bit. Uh, you know, JT the Bull. He's he's the toughest man ever. But uh, not just that. This is the same guy that at one point said that Christensen was going to be the next JT. So <laughs> he's already taking his chips out of the yeah. the Christensen bet, dude. Like this is it. Should have done that a while ago, my friend. <laughs> Pulled the plug on his sponsorship. Uh, but. Ugh. I mean, we got a question from uh, where was it? From Mike, Mike D, D at ATX CFC. He says, "How many points will AC cost us before he we see his bags packed?" <laughs> I think this is it. I really think this this was his last chance. Like, not even joking. I think okay. that some of our players have faced. Lampard's cold shoulder for far less. I think that a hundred. My mind is clear that Christensen was trying to get the play stopped. I don't. He played the rest of the half just fine, and he. He should have gone. The up. goal. <laughs> the, yeah, he should have gone up. They, they didn't blow the whistle. They. Aston Villa is looking to tie the the match. They're not gonna just kick the ball out of bounds for you. Nobody in the pitch thought that that was a foul, obviously. And you let your team down because it was a a hectic chase to find who your man is now. And yes, Conte didn't follow his man, but that guy, maybe Conte was put in a spot between two guys, and that's why he didn't make it all the way back there. I think, again, I, I haven't seen Christensen give me the same sort of performance that he did Way back when he was playing in the middle of a back three with Conte, I think that his stock is slowly dying the more he stays at the club. <laughs> and and I don't see his stock within our own ranks going up anymore. I think it's pretty clear that Zuma is the present and the future of this club, plus one, whoever that one may be long term. Rudiger surprisingly who I who has been the bottom of my pecking order going into the season has been solid since he became our third option and so to me I think this is the last chance Christensen's gonna get because yeah I, I just simply think that that he's not cutting it I think it's it's we need to have hope that somebody in Germany or Spain is is looking for a center back because it's time to cash in and Andreas, you and I both know who that replacement is. And also Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme, he also knows who that replacement is. And he asked on Twitter. He said, Still no Tomori? Why? Uh, Ron. Why are you asking us? As if we know the answer to that question. <laughs> Ron, Why? you know better than anyone how much we want Tomori in there. <laughs> Why? That's a great question. I asked that same question. Why? I mean, it, it really... it. It's it baffling. Baff- <laughs> took the word right out of my mouth. Baffles me. Because <laughs> it's, it's not like 
he has stiff competition for the fourth center back for our team. I mean, if you, you saw the performance that Christensen had today. I mean, albeit I'm not going to judge his whole performance based on one slip up, but he, he oh, you know, he didn't do anything exceptional this match that kind of made up for it. But yeah. And the, and the argument for him playing was always that, oh, you know, he's great on the ball and we're going to do so much great buildup out of the back. But just like we mentioned, Jorginho and Thiago being redundant on the pitch, Jorginho and ball playing center backs, just redundant, period. I don't think Christensen added anything, anything to this match. And if anything, if he's trying to dribble into midfield and then find a pass, then that's just, again, hurting Jorginho's role. So I don't think it's a necessity. I don't think the way we play requires two guys doing that job. Because at the end of the day, Conte is not being asked to find the hard pass. He is being asked to to get the ball from point A to point B quickly. Thiago and Zuma may look for the long pass here and there. But yeah, I, I don't think he added anything. And one thing's for sure, Tomori is, he has fight in him. And it's obviously hindsight 2020 with what happened with Christensen. But you better believe that if Tomori goes for a 50-50 going out of his line, he's either getting a yellow card for actually trying to murder Grealish or he's getting his butt back up. And with his pace, he's recovering and trying to tackle Grealish from behind. So it's frustrating. Who knows what the situation with Tomori is because nobody's going to tell us the truth. But Christensen, to me, doesn't get minutes anytime soon in the Premier League. All right, let's talk about Frank a little bit. Our last five matches, one one win, three losses, one draw. Uh, and we've looked like the far lesser side in all five of those matches. Um, and, you know, not only that, our record against the big teams have not been exceptional this year. <laughs> I don't, do we have or a Or last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or last year. True. Um you can you can look at certain points of the team and see improvement. Like our defense uh, has gone obviously much better, but you know the attack has just gone to a point where the ball goes wide and we cross it in uh, over and over again. We talked about this earlier. Um, we got another question from Super Saiyan Black at Black Emoji uh, asking <laughs> the same thing, uh, adding his own bit of uh, commentary to it as well. He says, believe in the process, you say? Is the process just to keep spamming crosses? Uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we, we already mentioned that. The, I have a twisted question that, that yeah. I want to ask you, Sam, because Ooh, me? I think I'm going to get some slack for saying this, but in a way, I think Giroud's form and his goal-scoring form is a detriment to our overall play. And, and let me explain myself and then ask, tell me if I'm just being crazy. Giroud doesn't move much when it comes to the buildup or pressing. He stays pretty central and pretty high. Now, because of this, I think it's easier for our team to have the 
space, not, not have the space, but maybe not be able to break down and go central again once we get wide because there is no central player that is moving towards them to check in for a quick one-two or, or moving out of the central area to open up space for the wingers or even fullbacks to sneak in centrally. Now, I say that his form is to our detriment because if we spam 20, 25 crosses in a match, at least one of them is going to find that meaty forehead. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, Giroud is really good at finishing those in the box. But apart from that Sevilla match where he scored four mat, four goals, I don't think we've looked very good as a unit when deploying him centrally. I, I don't see a, a smooth attack. Usually it feels like Giroud is our savior because one cross finally hits his head. I, I agree Thoughts? with you. I agree with you to an extent, and I disagree with you uh, to a smaller portion. But I think that what how it is a detriment to us is that, and this and this is on Frank. Um, I think he's playing in a way that is getting the best out of uh, Olivier Giroud because that's where all of our goals have been coming from our strikers. Mm-hmm. So what what you said was correct that you know sending these balls in four five six one of them's gonna meet the back um, meet his forehead and hit the back of the net but um you know it, it it's it's uh accommodating like i just don't understand why he would accommodate for one player when there's so many other players that can provide goals for us as well uh talking about pulisic talking about cho as well maybe talking about maybe Kai Havertz, Timo Werner as well. Uh, but he refuses refuses to accommodate for them, but he's accommodating a system for Olivier Giroud. So that, yeah. that I, I, you know, and, and you can't sit him because it's been working most of the time. So he, he's I, scoring, I to, so I then agree, it, it, it uh, doesn't make sense to, to pull, the, pull the plug on him because then you're going to then the question rises and why the hell did you pull pull him because he's scoring and it's like well, yeah uh, it doesn't so, look it doesn't look good the optics are are not good that's also something you got to take into consideration but this is where i disagree i i, I don't think that it's you you're saying that Giroud, uh his play style you can't play centrally because he doesn't do what other strikers do i remember last year he was the best the best wall passer on our team by far. He was making beautiful back heel passes. He he was playing like that last season. And I think he has that. And it it also comes down to how Frank is using him. How he's yeah. how he's choosing to use him. That's fair. So so I think Giroud has shown it. I mean the end of last season, again he was having the spell he had like a, a, a similar spell to what he's having right now, where he's just going off. But um, he was doing everything. Hold his hold-up play was phenomenal. Um, he was pl- he was you know I mean I'm t- I'm telling you every match he had a he had a back heel pass to Pulisic yeah. to someone on the wing someone in the middle like I think he has it in him. It's just the yeah, way I, I that guess, Frank wants to play. Right. I guess this season it just feels like our fullbacks and and, and we're just setting up wider. I I just feel like we're we're hogging the 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 touch lines more. Which is why I feel like 
our central, there's a disconnect between our guys in the middle and the guys wide, which is why it feels like we're not creating anything central. We, and that's all more of our pieces need to move towards the sidelines to get the middle involved. Like before, I, I know what you mean before the ball was coming into Giroud and then Giroud was going out with it. The, the ball hasn't, doesn't come back into the middle unless it's into the box. And I think that's our, our big mistake. But yeah, I, I think it's a good time to talk about accommodating to move to the next thing that it feels like Frank is doing. And it's just a lot of players being played up, out of position. And we have two questions that I'll, I'll try to merge into one here. Mm-hmm. One from Commodore Papadopoulos at Chelsea, Chelsea FC and one from Michael Conan at M. Conan 1789. And number one is, you know, why is Frank playing players out of position? For example, at the beginning of the season, Mount at the wing, more recently Pulisic out, out wide, forcing, or sorry, Werner out wide, forcing Pulisic to be on the right side instead of the left. Jorginho forcing Conte out of position and not putting your healthy winger in Cho for someone like Werner and playing him out of position. So why does this feel like it's not a one-time thing? Like when, when is Frank going to learn that, you know, these guys play a certain position for a reason? Yeah. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier about (laughs) it being a bad thing that Juru is on a great run of form, uh, it's, it, it makes it much harder to play Timo as a striker because that's that's where Giroud is or Tammy, you know, and it, you want to get all of them on the pitch. So, you know, you, you sacrifice their natural position just to have that talent on the pitch. But I don't know. See, it, the what, what kind of is backwards thinking to me is, you know, Frank's commitment to the four four, four sorry the four three three. Yeah. But but the fluidity that we see within the game, you know, like we see we see often, you know, Pulisic drifting to the left side and overload on the left side, uh, when he's playing as a right winger. You see Mason Mount, you know, moving within you know the the wide channels to the middle, uh, to the right side sometimes. Like, it, I don't know why he can be so open-minded to that and encouraging that but not encouraging players to play in their natural position for a longer portion of the time you know yeah. not just not just in short spurts where uh you know the opportunity presents itself but i don't know it, again like it, it it brings me back to what i said in the last when we talked about Giroud. i feel like he's doing a lot to accommodate that because Lately, the goals haven't been coming like they they used to, uh, but that's coming at the expense of other players, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, and, and and the one thing, the one thing I feel has been a a constant, perhaps quote unquote issue for Frank Lampard is that he he if some if he tries something and it works then it takes him a while to realize that it it was a temporary solution. Uh, we saw it a few times last season with the 3-4-3. Three, three. 
he would play it one match where it was the perfect tactical master class for what the opposition was bringing out. And because it worked there, he would then force the 3-4-3 to work three more times. And those games all felt at a disconnect between the, the guys playing. I believe the 4-3-3, when it was brought back, was the right move. But then since we lost Siesh to injury, Kai Havertz to COVID, and he hasn't been the same. Uh, Werner was having some success, and now he's not succeeding at the wing when that was being done. Um, you know, there's things change and, and you can't get so stuck and there's, and, and one thing is having a philosophy and, and wanting to play the ball quickly. You always hear Lampard say, we need to play the ball quick and I want my fullbacks to go forward. All those things can still happen with your players set up in the field around that philosophy differently. And, and that's the big thing that that I think Frank needs to look in the mirror with his coaching staff and, and really figure out because the 4-3-3 three, three is not the only formation that allows you to do the things that he wants to do. And that's the difference between being a young, naive manager, which is where I think Lampard is at this moment, and being a world-class manager that just by being that smart, you can beat a better team with lesser talent. Right now... I think our team is is blessed with the talent we have, and sometimes that talent is masking those inefficiencies in Frank's managerial game. And I think it's I'm not again. This isn't me saying that Frank Lampard needs to be fired or anything. That I think that's just a reality that as fans we need to be aware of. Frank Lampard is not a three-time Champions League winner at this stage of his career as a manager. He is. It's it's a different game. And uh, to kind of end this conversation uh, full circle, <laughs> we'll answer the question everyone wants to know. This question was asked uh, from a twit a Liverpool troll. Uh, I'm pretty sure Taylor, aka at Taylor underscore YNWA. So yeah, that's a Liverpool fan. Um, first time I've heard of you. Uh, I mean, I think he must have come out of hiding uh, after he won his first his first title in over 30 years. So uh, finally, <laughs> he got the courage to come out and speak to us. Uh, he, he bought FIFA 20 table. and decided that he was going to become a Liverpool fan. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, Taylor. Um, I will not give you the pleasure. Oh, yeah. He asked, what's the time frame slash over under on Frank getting the sack? And he said... Uh, three laughing emojis uh, at the end. I mean, I'm not gonna, Taylor. I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of uh, seeing a Chelsea fan crumble to a couple losses and just, you know, blame, blame Frank. Tell him Frank out. Hashtag Frank out. No, I, I'm not like that. I'm not gonna give you that satisfaction. It, Sorry, Taylor. I think it's 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 crazy to think that right now because in this same weekend. Liverpool tied Norway, uh, West Brom, huh. and Spurs tied. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Taylor. And <laughs> then Tottenham drew as well. I can't remember to who at this point, but Wolves. yeah, other sides to Wolves, it was right? Wolves, right? Yeah, 
So other sides are dropping points too. It's just the mattering. Oh, and Leicester drew today against Crystal Palace mm-hmm. as well. So and those so are all other, last other... last second goals, I think. All of the like late <laughs> yeah, goals. Yeah. So uh, all other sides are dropping points too. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that we can get hot again and climb our way back up. I think regardless of who our manager is, I think Chelsea needs to learn that you can't. You can't plug – we can't look at the picture until the end of the season. I think the big thing here is that Lampard can't go backwards, pandemic or not. We can't – we have to be contending for top four, period. If we're not even close to top four at the end of the season, that's another conversation. I'm hoping and praying to God that that's not the situation. I think that we can work our way out of this. But changes need to come. That's 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 the big lesson here. Changes What's need happening to come right now. At man, at is, man, let's, let's get Thomas Keiko. Uh, what's Thomas his name? Tuchel. Tuchel in. Let's get him in. His, no, uh, no, no, no. his half a year of experience. The guy that has Neymar and Mbappe in his team is going to get fired in a, in a Farmers League? Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Again, midway through the season is the worst. Where, where they had no preseason, again, no preseason to work together, multiple new pieces into the league, and you're asking a new manager to come in, immediately get results when he's going to try to implement a new system? No, thank you. Uh, there should not be a Lampard out conversation today. It's something that <laughs> I don't mid-season. even want to think about at the end of this season. But, again, at the end of the day, he has to do his job. I think he will. I think we'll get back into the top four but he i think the coaching staff really really needs to look into the mirror and i'm crossing my fingers in a weird way that you know the man city match that we're supposed to have next weekend is also postponed so that we can really just get back on the drawing board and make those slight changes to to kind of spark something in this squad all right let's move on to some twitter questions uh this first one's from Andrew at S. Cal Speaks. He asks, should Gilmore get a run of games? Our build-up play has been uh, below par since Everton. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't even bring that up uh, in our conversation about Jorginho, but I thought he would have been a great uh, piece to start in uh, Jorginho's spot today, at least, right? Yeah, I, I think... Gilmore, we're talking about missing that like piercing pass of the middle. I honestly, apart if gets on form, he's got the ability to find that that slicing pass. But I don't think Mount has that in his bag. I think Kovacic does here and there. Conte definitely doesn't. I don't think Jorginho has that. But in the small sample sizes that we've had of, of Gilmore, every time he's on the pitch, he finds that kind of needle threaded needle pass and he's good about moving the ball quick and and adding that dimension maybe he's one of the puzzle pieces to not having to always go wide i now more than ever is the time to give gilmore a chance because again something is not quite clicking and everyone that listens to this podcast knows we love billy gilmore so yeah, give us some Gilmore. 
All right, let's move on to the next question. This one comes from and underscore when at and whens. Uh, he says, Werner reminds, reminds me a bit of Salah. Spark, work rate, glimpses, but just missing that finishing touch at the moment. It would be a mistake to shrug him off. Uh, and the attitude, uh, so this is not really a question. This is more a commentary. I, two I two comments. <laughs> yeah, I included it because I thought there were great comments. Uh, his second comment was uh, the attitude and demeanor of Aspie, Rudiger, and Giroud are missing from the usual starting eleven. I love Reese, but may need a bit more Aspie on a consistent basis moving forward. Um, so obviously he has PTSD of getting rid of Salah, and believe me, I'm with you as well. Don't want to make that same mistake twice. Um, but um, right, what do you think? What do you think of what he said about um, so? So this the Salah thing, I think it's pretty spot on. I think Salah, even at Roma, so so Chelsea, the Chelsea project was bad for Salah. It was just he wasn't given the the confidence. No, he wasn't getting the constant minutes. He goes to Italy. At Roma, he had kind of what Timo's going through. So he gets himself a lot of chances, but wasn't scoring them. And and. It's one of those things where for a player like Salah and Timo, you as there's the number of, of chance, good chances created or good smart shots taken. If you're not scoring them, it's just a matter of confidence. And as long as you're putting yourself in those situations, once you get that confidence back, that's when he'll be very dangerous again. So, yeah, I agree. It's too soon to do it. I think that the numbers probably will show you that Timo is, is having good chances. I mean, we even see it just at the eye test that, damn, he should be scoring those. Once he does, he's going to keep scoring them. Salah has not looked back since he hit his form in Liverpool, and, and he's the best right winger in the league. Like I hate to say it, but he just is. Now, as for the other side, I do want to see Aspie a little bit more. For one, Reese James has been fantastic on the right, but the Arsenal match showed that even Reese James needs a break and Aspie never not let's maybe no 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 I'll say it. he never disappoints us and and he's he's got that kind of veteran cunning to him to where even though he's not the fastest guy he knows how to shut down a top quality winger so it's okay to give Reese James a break it's not like a like a chill well to Emerson level of downgrade in performance when you take Reese out of the picture and it's Cho or Ziyech who are usually the two wingers in front of Aspie are more than capable to take on the crossing responsibilities so I agree with the Aspie thing I alluded to Rudiger being a great third option and and Giroud is getting plenty of minutes I, I agree that those three guys bring a fight but there's there's got to be more than just like, oh, these guys are screaming loud. Like we got to get them to to do stuff on the pitch too. I there was a chance that Rudiger squandered a, a header today that kind of bugged me. Um, Giroud obviously scored, but those guys need to do a little bit more than just talking when it comes to the pitch. And and yeah, sometimes a bit of uh, veterans on the pitch mixed in is is a good thing. I mean, just look at what Thiago does all by himself in our usual starting eleven. All right, let's wrap this up uh, talking about, you know, we're three, four days away from January. 
it really snuck up on us. Uh, yeah. So obviously that means the January window opens up. So Ron, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. Yeah, you guys heard that already. Um, <laughs> he wants to know what happens is January, just January window. Are we sellers, buyers, or are we standing pat? Oh man, I haven't even. You're right. It snuck up on me. I usually I'm looking forward to the transfer window because usually we're missing something, right? Like it's not inside of our roster. And I mean, Chelsea may try to negotiate for Declan Rice. I don't know. I don't think that'll be very likely for a January move. I think that any sort of deal for Rice is going to be for the summer. Uh, Lampard wants another center back. I know Chelsea can speak to Alaba, but he wouldn't be coming till the summer either. I mean, the only thing is that we might be selling. I know Atletico Madrid has been deploying a 3-4-3 recently, and it's been really working. So they're really linked to Marcus Alonso now, who is the forgotten man in this squad because Chilwell and and now Emerson is even ahead of him, uh, have been doing well. So Alonso leaving can be a possibility. Crossing my fingers that it's Christensen and not Tamori on loan leaving. <laughs> Christensen uh, on loan, let's just sell him at this point. Oh, I meant like Tamori on yeah. loan versus selling Christensen. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much it, though. I mean, maybe a Kepa loan because even Peter Cech is now playing minutes. Uh, to be our third, potentially second keeper. Did you say so, depth at the wing position? I mean, if there's the right target, sure, get the extra player. But Cho's performances to me just make me think more than ever that he just needs to get those minutes, whether whether it's when Zia goes down or whether it's maybe Pulisic needing a break. I think signing someone that may hop Cho is going to be the final push for Cho to leave for good. And, and I don't think, I don't mean that as a good thing, actually. I mean that he would just pack up his stuff and go because again, we talk about these five last five matches and, and Cho's maybe played one and a half of those. What was being shown in the wings before that? And not just during this run, even when we were winning by Werner, was awful yet he wasn't getting his chances now if Lampard goes and buys a new winger and then immediately starts playing him in front of Cho it's like what else does the kid need to do you know so it has to be kind of like a it's kind of one of those things where maybe we shouldn't have let go of Pedro maybe like a guy that's like at the end of his career that can put in a shift here and there but is not expecting minutes I don't know it's a tough one I think we'll be more sellers than buyers. Yeah. We have a lot of dead weight that we need to get rid of. And uh, Danny Drinkwater is still somehow in this team. Yeah. We spent a lot of money this past transfer window. So uh, probably trying to recoup some of that. Uh, So Ron also asked another question uh, about whether a possible postponement uh, of a game like of Man City match would help us, uh, you know, any time that we get, you know, some time off is not the worst thing. Obviously, if if it was because of our players getting sick, I wouldn't want that. But let, you know, let's say that this uh, Man City outbreak isn't contained by next Monday. 
you know, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing for us. Uh, we're in a really bad uh, run of form right now. It could be a disaster waiting to happen, uh, just getting absolutely dismantled by that side. But who knows? Yeah, that, that Man City match is, to me, it's like a disaster waiting to happen, no matter how you view it. If they're all healthy and they potentially destroy us, that's bad. If they're not healthy and they somehow get the game approved and somebody's still got a bit of that strain and then they contaminate our team, bad news. So whether it's for health concerns with COVID or, yeah, just giving us an extra break to get out of our own heads and and find some peace and tranquility before our our next run of matches, I, I think that it would be to Chelsea's benefit to to postpone that match for now. Plus, yeah, it's yeah. I just think it would be probably a good idea. <laughs> so we'll save our uh, city preview once uh, a little bit close to the day till we get some clarity on the situation. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, for real. I, I, but uh, just uh, for the record, I hope that it is postponed. <laughs> I'm not looking forward. And uh, if it's not postponed, uh, I predict it'll be a two-two draw because. That prediction is still undefeated. My last time I used it was our last win. Was uh before the three nil. Yeah. So two two draw if it happens. If not, I'll have to make a, a different assessment maybe. But <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I'll say I'll say one one draw. <laughs> Stealing my thunder a little bit, Andres. I man, I just don't know if we can unless if we have to play Monday. I hope we see some crazy changes because right now I, I don't know if we can score more than a goal a game without Ziyech coming back and, and unlocking the potential of this team. And he's not supposed to be back for that match, is he not? No. no? I don't think you so. You know that for sure? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm actually going to look real quick because I have it up here. And it says that uh, – Hopefully by the end. Oh, you know this was a uh, an update on December sixteenth, so I don't think we know anything. Uh, <laughs> but potential potential return, uh, the third. That's the matchup. So twenty five percent chance. There you go. It's, it's, according to PremierInjuries.com, so that would be nice. That would be a nice. I mean, if if he if he's if it's his first game back, he's not going to start. You know, he'll be worked in, hope probably. So we'll right. see. All right, well, that wraps up a very, very depressing episode of the Roman Empire <laughs> podcast. Uh, that was hard to get through. Um, I really hope that Frank takes our advice. <laughs> I hope he is listening. Frank, or if someone here knows Frank, please send him a link. <laughs> I could do him some good, save him some uh, some hate from the fans. Uh, we're, we'll be saving your career pretty much, so... We'll take there we'll take a we'll take a, a check uh, in the mail later down the line, uh, whenever is good. But all right, until <laughs> how does Zach end these? I until just... next time. Keep yeah. Fly flying high. <laughs> all right. How about you just do it? Do it again. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let me do this. And guys, until next time, <laughs> keep the blue flag flying high. Was that a good Zach impression? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was pretty good. <laughs> all right.